Our Capital Series continues with Representative Shane Roden. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, Renew Missouri's one and only podcast. My name is James Owen. I'm your host. I'm the executive director of Renew Missouri on the boards producing. Welcome back, Elizabeth Gower. Thanks. Nice to be here. It's great for you to be back. We are again in the Capitol building. Uh, we have been doing a number of interviews with lawmakers. Uh, not just to talk about renewable energy, but to talk about this process and what it's like to be a lawmaker, what motivates people to do this. And we uh, have the distinct honor and pleasure of having Representative Shane Roden. Good morning. Good afternoon, sir. Yeah, good afternoon. I'm, I'm losing track of the day. But uh, thank you for being on here. And more importantly, I want to thank you for your support of uh, solar renewable energy uh, that you have uh, offered uh, to uh, to uh, to the state in the past couple of years that you've been in the legislature. Thank you. I want to make sure that's on the record. Um, you have been in the legislature since 2015. Is that right? That is correct. You were elected in 2014. Uh, tell us a little bit about where you represent. So I, I cover the northwest corner of Jefferson County. So everything south of the St. Louis County line, Merrimack River, out to Franklin County, um, to that line, and then down to Hillsborough and up to St. Louis County and Valley Park area, so a little square district. Now, for the multitude of people uh, listening to our podcast who don't know much about Missouri geography, Jefferson County is, is it considered a suburban part of the St. Louis metro area? A little bit, but we got a lot of rural area out in our area, so we have a lot of um, suburban and rural mix into it. So we have everything from uh, $350,000, $500,000 home subdivisions to we got the, the farms and uh, cows and everything else, row cropping, all in the same county. Is that all within your district, or do you all have more? Of, all within the 111th district. Okay. <laughs> we, we cover, we encompass a lot of stuff. Now, because that is a area that is of, of interest to me, as someone who watches politics in Missouri, that used to be a reliably Democratic area, then it became kind of a swing area, and I think it's been safe to say in the past 10 years, 8 years, it has become a Republican county. I think it's the right Republican county. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's a lot of conservative individuals that they're like-minded on that, with one exception, and that's with labor. Yeah. And I think we've kind of seen a lot of people in our district uh, kind of feel like the Democrat Party left them uh, from the days that they used to, you know, that their grandparents remembered. So. Yeah, I, I can, and I can tell you, and I don't talk a lot about my previous political life on the show or anything, but when I was working in 2000 for a statewide Democratic race, the weekend before the election, we were walking Jefferson County. I think we were walking Hillsborough. And I talked to a lot of union guys, and they were all guys, so I'm not just using that as a folksism here, who were just saying they couldn't really bring themselves to vote. I mean, they were going to vote for my guy. I was working for Joe Maxwell, who was running for lieutenant governor at the time. They couldn't bring themselves to vote for Al Gore because of his feelings about, uh, I think at the time it was a little bit of guns, it was abortion, and, and it seems to me that, especially when they saw the Clinton administration kind of not have their back on trade issues, that they saw there wasn't a lot of point in staying with the Democratic Party. You think that's kind of what happened over time with them? Well, yeah, I mean, and, and Doe Run's another great example. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. EPA uh, coming in and some of the restrictions that they put on to the point where we lost our last and only lead smeltering plant in the entire yeah. United States. Right. You know, so now that all gets shipped over, all the mining that we produce in, in Missouri, all the lead that we produce gets put on a barge and sent overseas to China where they smelter it down and, uh, 
you know, that, that can't be any better for our environment if China's doing it. So. Right. And this is, and this is one, those are some of the big concerns that you've got with your constituents down oh, there. Yeah, absolutely. It was, that was, you know, those are good, well-paying uh, union jobs that were, that we had down there and, and good paying jobs that just aren't there anymore. It's a fun fact. A lot of the wind turbines are powered using equipment and in, 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 in batteries that are from lead smelting. Yep. I hear that from environmental people who also don't like that, but then I don't know what else to tell you. So I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but that's one of those things you got to deal with, right? Um, I always like to say there's no real completely efficient way to make power. No, there, you have to do something to get it there. Right, right. So you've been there since 2014. Uh, you have been reelected. And so with term limits here in Missouri, you you have eight years in the House. Yes. Uh, so you have now got, you've won your third election. So you've only got one more in the House. Is That's that right? It. Yeah, it goes by quick. You don't look like a grizzled vet. You look <laughs> like a young guy. How old are you? I'm 36. Okay. I'm 36 here in about a couple weeks. I didn't mean to be personal, but no. I mean, you're, you're a young guy. No, for this. I had a lot of people when I was running, you know, how old are you? I'm only 30, and they're just <laughs> absolutely astounded that somebody, you know, and I think that was probably the biggest upsetting thing I saw was people looked at me and went, you're a good guy. Why are you trying to get involved in politics? And my answer mm. was, why am I not, why would we not want yeah. myself to get involved in politics? And and a lot of them just kind of looked at it and, yeah, that's that's right. We we want, we want should want decent people to be running for office, and, and we've, we've scared so many people away from it, way the negative side of things has gone in this. Yeah, I mean negative. I mean negative ads are. I mean, do you think that's a big turnoff for people like you running? Uh, you know, when when you start seeing all this stuff, that the personal hits that, that go against people's families or kids and stuff like that, um, there there gets to be some times where it's tough on the family. And, and, right. And there's some people that one don't want to make the commitment to you know give up their life, their, their personal sure. life for five months out of the year, um, and sometimes a career like I had to do in my case um, to to run for office for an eight year stint yeah. and then have to be, you know, punished basically that, you know, no matter what you do, you're always going to make somebody mad. So. Cause you can't commute from Jefferson County to Jefferson city. Nope. You're, you're, <laughs> you can. It's a nice long but, two hour drive. Yeah, I was going to say it's about two hours and, um, and yeah, so you have to live here during the session. That's like about five months out of the year. Yep. Uh, you're here from like Monday to Thursday uh yeah so i mean we talk about this being a citizen legislature but it is a big obligation for people doing this oh, right and, and that's just you know some people look at it oh you only work five months out of the year and then they don't see the back end of it <laughs> where people still call you yeah after may and uh, i bet there's still like a lot of opportunities to do events in jefferson county there's there's plenty that always has to be done yeah so, like you say, you had to like give up part of your career. I mean, what was it that you uh, you did before before this? So, my my previous life, as I, I talk about, uh, I was a full time firefighter paramedic. And okay. One of the stipulations about state law was that I can't receive a, a paycheck from a taxing entity. Mm, so, right. I could either do House of Representatives and be a, a legislator, or I can be a firefighter paramedic. I can't do both, and I think that's something in the future we probably need to look at because we have a lot of people that. Would love to be able to have the time off to come up that that could afford or could take the time off to come up here and do it, but they're not going to be set at a point where they can just randomly give up their life and say, you know what, I want to do this. I want to I want to further my my service to my community, yeah. and I want to represent them and you know give up a career. Right. Where, you know, it can be a you can't even drive a school bus out yeah. of a taxing district um, in order to be you know as a state legislator. So. We lose out a lot of good public employees that would really like to serve their community uh, in another fashion, but basically restricted by by law. So we end up with a lot of retired individuals. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, the one thing I thought was interesting when you look at the freshman class of 2018, the uh, state reps and state senators that were elected this year, like in 2012, 2014, when you got elected, there were a lot of younger state reps. But it seems like now you've got a lot of retired people. I mean, John Black is a name that comes off the top of my head because I've known John for a long time. We were both from Marshfield. He retired. He's general counsel at City Utilities, and he's now, I guess, kind of starting a second career yeah, as a lawmaker. I, I think the, the oldest freshman I think I saw was 71. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. So, I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It, it's, a, it's a great, uh, that's part of the having that, that part-time legislator, that mm-hmm. citizen legislator, right. is to have a, a dynamic group of individuals from all across the state. Um, but if, if you're only getting retired individuals, you know, the, the people like me that still have to pay a check yeah. and, and try to earn a living, uh, that makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, and you've got a young family. And a young family. That's the other thing a lot yeah. of don't realize is, you know, I, I got you know a 22-month-old, a little girl at home, and then I got another one on the way in July. So, um, you know, that still provides a, a whole other slew of issues between my wife that works full-time. And, yeah. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for family... You know, I, I wouldn't be able to do this job. Yeah. Well, so you, you talk about the sacrifice that goes into it, and people don't understand that. You've got a job you left, and you've got a family that, you, um, that you've got back home. Why why do this? Uh, <laughs> what were you thinking? Um, <laughs> you can either be part of the problem or part of the solution. Yeah. And you can either sit on the sidelines and second-guess and Monday morning quarterback. Or you right. Can, or you can put your name on it and come up here and do the job. Yeah. And... I, I chose the latter and decided, you know, if I if I'm gonna keep complaining about it and I want to see things change, then I need to stand up and and put my name up for the ballot and do the work to to get elected. And here I am. Have you always been interested in politics? I got a little bit. I, 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 I was. Uh-huh. I, I, it started as a young age. Uh, you know, I can think back when uh, Bob Dole uh, even came to the St. Louis area for yeah. a presidential in 1996 when he was running. Yeah, that's so right. So 13 years old, and we were actually up on stage. And I can still remember those. Uh, those rallies and, and getting to meet him at that point. So I think there was always an interest, but uh, it wasn't until later on in life that uh, actually when, when Paul Kerman had got elected uh, in our area. Oh, yeah. So that uh, I kind of mm-hmm. kind of started looking a little bit eye-opening to the experience of what was going on. And, what you know, here's a, a young young individual coming into office, and it wasn't the, the party old white guys, so to speak. Right. <laughs> and I went, holy cow. And, and, and then, you know, 2011 happened with the redistricting, and he got yeah. moved out, and then... Uh, uh, oh, was his district down? I mean, he's from like Union. Franklin, yeah, he, yeah, he's he, from Franklin he was, County. He was from Pacific, uh, just oh. actually the same same town that I grew up, uh, or just to the south of us. So I didn't know uh, that. I, that's it's interesting. It went all the way down there. Yeah, it, so it, it, the 105th came all the way down to Jefferson County at the time, and uh, I believe it was the 105th, and uh, and then when he got redistricted in 2011, it turned into the 109th, and yeah, ended up moving into. Uh, Union area. Yeah. So for people who don't know, another little tidbit about uh, politics is the, you know, we redraw these maps every 10 years, um, you know, based on, you know, where people shift. I mean, we've seen shifts in where people live. I mean, Jefferson County has, I mean, has it been growing? I mean, I know St. Charles County grows, we're, Franklin County grows. We're, we're heading up that path too. We're, okay. And in my district alone, we got another subdivision coming in uh, right next to. One uh, just outside of Eureka on the other side, another 500 uh, home subdivisions being built right wow. now. Um, they just cleared the land. They're getting ready to build. And we, that area is really just starting to develop because people are starting to find out. We got low Jefferson County taxes with yeah. the Rockwood School District, great school district, uh, and not and you know, we got some good schools all the way around in our in our districts. 
Um, but people really find out that it's just a beautiful part of the state that, yeah. that a lot of them haven't known about. And all of a sudden, now they're... they're You've got rivers, you got state parks. We got a lot of state parks. We got conservation areas. That's yeah. Probably, uh, that's probably one of the coolest things. We got uh, probably a half dozen conservation areas around yeah. us and then multiple uh, county parks. And then we have a state park in our district as well. So. With all the with all the mastodons and everything, right? Uh, that's on the other side of the county. So oh, we, we okay. Got, I got the wrong one. <laughs> we're... we're Okay. We're on the other side. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay, uh, go. Don't go to that one. No, we had uh, <laughs> the uh, individual that uh, created um, the off the oven brand off stuff. It, very, really? Very eclectic individual left to, uh, his estate to the state of Missouri when he passed away. I believe back in two thousand and twelve. What what state park is that? Is that Robertsonville or Robertsville? I don't know. Well, we'll we'll clean that up in editing. Uh, no, it, but yeah, I mean, I think one of the best things that Missouri does is their state park system, in my opinion. I love the state parks. I love the conservation areas. So, so with, with the people in, in Jefferson County, do you think those are people that are moving into the area or are those people just moving from other parts of the St. Louis area? I mean, what's your take on that? Um, I, I, I see some that are moving out from, from the counties. They're, they're, they're tired of the hustle and bustle. Yeah. Um, we see some of that, and a lot of it's just, um, I haven't seen too many people moving in from out of state. I okay. We haven't seen that. It just seems like it's a lot of... Shifting. A lot of shifting still. Uh-huh. There, you know, we do things a little bit slower down in Jefferson County, yeah. and people are really kind of liking the idea of knowing your neighbor. And, yeah. And back to the, you know, the Andy Griffith day, so to speak, and, right. and, and they like that sense of community, so... Yeah. Um, so in addition to all of that, all that motivation for you, um, you're also someone who has personally invested into renewable energy. Yes, I had. Yeah. And so you had solar panels on your house. We did. So let me ask you this. I mean, so you're a pretty conservative Republican, safe to say. Um, why do you think that Republicans are, I mean, why do you think, what do you think it is about renewable energy that doesn't sit well with other people in your party? I mean, I, I think it's getting better, but like, I mean, there is some resistance there. There is, a, you know, I think there's some that, that see it as uh, it can't live on its own merit mm-hmm. um, with, without having the tax incentives and the, the tax credits right. and those lines. Um, you know, then there's obviously the issues with coal burn power plants and stuff like that. Right. And and some of there was even a bill like a couple of years ago that really kind of uh, penalized yes the solar panel owners because they had solar panels on their is that 346 elizabeth it was 340 340 okay i got my fact checker over here um yeah and that was a house bill that went through the house you were an opponent of it i, I was I, I i stuck up pretty quick and, and stepped up to the plate and tried to really make a point that why should somebody that has solar panels be penalized um just for having solar panels on the roof to begin with and yeah uh it was one of those that i tried to make in the argument What's the difference? You know, if you have a large heating bill, right, in, in the winter time, if you're burning off a wood burning stove, you're not paying electric, right. If you're using natural gas, you're not paying electric, right. Um, so why is it that you know in the winter time when my solar panels aren't producing as much power um, because of the sun distance and everything else, right, um, they're still not as effective as as they could be during the summertime. So why should I have to pay an increased penalty just for having solar panels on my roof to, to offset my electric? Yeah, and um, you know, I, I think it really took to heart to some people that kind of looked at it and went, "Wait a minute, we do have a lot of people that are on natural gas or burnt wood burning stove, right? Or, you know, if your your house is you know on all natural gas or even propane, you're not paying the cost to help 
with the electric lines and stuff like that. So yeah, because it seems to me that like from a from a perspective of someone conservative, it's a matter of like giving you sort of options oh, uh, with your energy source. I mean, you you talk about wood burning. You talk about wood burning stoves. You talk about um, you know natural gas. I mean, how is that? How is solar different than those things? It's not really. It's just a different source of uh, how we yeah. get powered. And, and to me, I think from a conservative side of it, I think there's a lot of people that would strive for that independence and that that almost libertarian side of things. Yeah, being able to live off the grid and. Off the grid is one of those phrases that's code for libertarian. I mean, that's a libertarian concept. You know, there's a lot of people that like the idea of, you know, in Alaska being able to, you know, produce your own power and be able to live on your own means without having to pay an extra electric bill. And So what can you do in Hillsborough? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know, if I could save an extra $200 a month that I don't have to pay for an electric bill, you know, that means I can go out and spend help money into the economy by spending on other, other items, so... Were your reasons for going solar purely financial? They, they were. I, I, I did a cost analysis with yeah. it, and when we started realizing that, um, you know, one, that we were going to be offsetting most of our power and we were going to have a, a cost savings within three years, yeah. it, it absolutely made sense to, to, to help. You say a cost saving in three years? Three years. Ah, the, the system paid very good. in about three years. That's Most great. paybacks are five to seven, so three years is Boy, you got that right, Elizabeth Gower. <laughs> Right. Labor or utilities, and, and we've we've kind of passed all that, and I'm not 
I'm really well, quite sure what we're doing one of this. our other podcasts, uh, we're talking about how there was going to be a big push this session for criminal justice reform. So yes, we. I think there are some talk about. I think there's some talk about that, but then I think there's a lot of budgetary stuff with that too. Like they're going to shut down a prison up there in northwest Missouri or northeast Missouri. I can't remember which one. Yeah, it's uh, up in Cameron, Missouri. Cameron. They're, right. they're actually they're, they're claiming it's shutting down prison. What it really is is. They're moving them. Yeah, they're basically moving them. <laughs> they're, they're literally moving them 800 feet across the street. Yeah. Both prisons are half-staffed. They only have <laughs> half the beds filled. So it only makes sense from a department savings to move that over to one prison. Well, gee whiz, it sounds good, though. Yeah, and it's going to save, you know, 16 to $20 million, I believe. Wow. So that's going to give our correctional officers a raise, finally. Yeah. Uh, which was, it was something desperately needed for them. Uh, it's tough work. What they do. It is. You know, the, the bigger issue now is we have a prison system. We have a prison sitting vacant right now. And uh, one of the things I've, I've really kind of talked with a few sheriffs about and what I'd, what I'd love to be able to do is actually figure out something for the sheriff's departments to be able to utilize that. Because right now, uh, while we have done criminal justice reform on the state level, uh, we've done a good job of keeping them out of prison. We've seen the prison reductions down to 30,000. I think when I came in here, it was 33 and 36,000. So. Okay. So we've already seen the, the first round of, re- of reform kick in, and we've already seen a you know reduction in our prison population. The the problem is though now we're we're getting it on the local level, and all those people are staying locally, mm-hmm. and they end up clogging up our jail systems. Right. So almost every almost every sheriff's department office I know their their number one issue right now is is jail space. Uh, almost yeah. Everybody is overbooked. Green County is looking for people all the way all over oh. the state. I am I am so familiar with that case. It it is uh, it, it it spins my head still to think about what's going on in Springfield and Green County right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they even called you know all the way up in Jefferson County and trying to find. Yeah, hey, do you have space? We, I mean, they're just in desperate need of, of trying to figure out where to put these people. Yeah. Um, so we, we've just it's almost like we just shifted the burden. Yeah. Off of yeah. the state and pushed it all onto the county levels, and then we're not reimbursing them like they're supposed to. Right. And it, it's a. It's a domino effect that, you know, the, the reality is there are just bad people out there that... That need to be prosecuted and need to be put in prison. And, and yeah. uh, you know, on, on average, about, <laughs> yeah. uh, by the time they get sent to a, a state prison, they've been in front of a judge at least five times on average. At least. Uh, so, yeah. you know, how do you keep going down this path and trying to get people to basically just be productive members of society? Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got whole theories about I used to be a judge, I mean, for a very, very brief period of time, and I saw some nasty characters there. And I know this is a little off topic, but, you know, I was a big proponent of drug courts, a big proponent of mental health uh, alternate courts, uh, trying to get people in a, in a system where they're still supervised, they're still in probation, and they have 18 months to fix it, or then they go to jail, or they go to prison. Um, and that, to me, seems like a way to help with the local level. You know, and it was it was kind of funny because we just had the man, mandatory minimums uh, bill of right. the day. Right, right. And Brandy Ellington, and I think I, I probably threw a few people for a loop when I actually got up and spoke in support. Brandy Ellington, Brandy, a, uh, a Democrat from Kansas City. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. I, you know, I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, you're actually you're putting <laughs> some teeth in this that you're actually requiring. Yeah. This isn't a bet. You're giving people that have made a mistake. You know, 50% time served. And, yeah. Uh, I do you know, think. If you do it afterwards, you know, you go back up to 85. And I'm like, that's not yeah. a bad thing. I think there are some bad faith arguments out there that people just don't think we should be hard on criminals. But I think there are people who really see what it's doing to their community. Because I come from a rural area too. 
which has got a lot of drugs in it and a lot of crime. And, you know, I look at that and say, well, I mean, that's very similar to what's going on in the cities. And so that needs to really be addressed, yeah. not just like, oh, we need to, like, do something that looks very ceremonial and very symbolic. It needs to be addressed. We, we passed a lot of feel-good legislation. Yes. <laughs> actually fix the problems. Right. Uh, but, I mean, you could, but the other side of it, if you look at places like Webster County, mm -hmm. you know, that was a big article not too long ago from the sheriff down there. Roy Cole, yep. a friend of mine. Roy Cole is going to come on this podcast someday to talk about libertarianism and renewable energy, so I'm going to hold him to that. And uh, <laughs> he is a great sheriff. And yes, he I is. I really have a lot of respect for the man. And one of the things that just came out was about their, their crime rates have gone down. Well, the reality is in, in Webster County, if you break the law, and you know, if you steal a vehicle, for example, you're mm -hmm. probably going to go to a state prison. You are. Whereas if in the St. Louis City or St. Louis County or uh, Jackson County, Kansas City area, mm -hmm. you're going to get a probation issue. You're going to get a hand slap, and we don't do anything with right. individuals. And that's the reality is when you're when there's actually some penalties, people actually do. They um, notice. They, they notice things. They like, notice. Hey, steal cars in Webster County. <laughs> we're going to actually throw you in jail. Yeah. In St. Louis County. We've, they've learned if I just run from the police, they're not going to chase me. And we just had another uh, police chase yesterday. Um, oh, is that right? Yep. Um, we had a, a police chase uh, that started out from Jefferson City where the guy kidnapped uh, his ex-girlfriend and, and his kid ended up uh, killing a carjacker. Um, yeah, it ended up wait. in Illinois, right? Uh, what? Yeah, Illinois. Oh, we could do a whole started. podcast on this case, oh, it, it sounds is. like. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I mean, that's, that's yeah, it's, and, that's a, and that's a thing, but, like, you have more people there. I mean, you know, and I think when you see more people move into an area like Jefferson County, I mean, you start seeing rates go up a little bit. I mean, Webster County is a county where you're seeing the population decline a bit. It is in Springfield metropolitan area, parts of it anyway. Uh, but it is, uh, but, you know, no industry. You know, I, I, my folks are in an industry that has kind of died there. We were dairy farmers, and there's no dairy farmers left in Webster County anymore. Um, so, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, so... The infrastructure's not there, and that's probably, that's right. that's probably one of the next big issues is... High-speed internet and keeping kids yeah. coming, coming back into the. Into I don't the, live there anymore. Yeah, I mean we're yeah. seeing it in Jefferson County. We, yeah, uh, you know one of our representatives from the northwest part of Missouri is, you know was talking about there's nothing up there. It's dying. It, it is. Our I'm from community. northwest Missouri. Okay. Oh, you're yeah. from Platt County. That's personally Kansas City. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry like, to ruin your street cred there, Elizabeth. But. Iowa border. <laughs> oh yeah, like, like Putnam County, yeah. Putnam County, like Nottaway County. Yeah. Okay, I spent time up there <laughs> which is you know we also and i know that we've we've went wildly off course with this podcast but i like this this is what i like about this because it's what you're interested in but you talk about northwest missouri northeast missouri you see renewable energy that can play a part um there are counties up there who have gone from four day a week school weeks to five day a week school weeks because of the property tax uh, uh revenue they've received from wind farms i mean this is i mean kind of goes back to in some of these rural areas that is not the solution but that's a that's help or their public safety, or they're able to fund things that they haven't been able to fund oh, in a while. Way to tie that into it. Well, you know, I, I've got some mixed concerns about <laughs> I, it. I'm sure you <laughs> do. Because on the other side, I've heard the other arguments about hearing the wind turbines constantly whooping on it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I've, seen, I've heard about them destroying the roads up there. And, and I've got all I've got all sorts of stats on that, too. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting yeah. process. And, and, and one I... I don't know so much if that's the answer. I, I really like the, the solar panels. I think Tesla, they need to get their, their solar panels for the, the tile roofs. That, that's yeah. the biggest thing with a, with a battery pack. That's how we're going to start solving issues with the free market. Yeah, ultimately, I think if you can get affordable solar on your house and battery storage that will 
back it up on days like today where it's not so sunny outside, that's going to have the same impact on utilities that cell phones did on the Ma Bell. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, if, for kids out there, if you don't know what Ma Bell is, look it up. Uh, <laughs> Elizabeth, you're going to need to look that up. But um, <laughs> Probably a little before my time. A little before your time. But it used to be that everyone said that the phone companies were unbeatable. They were a utility that were going to be around forever. Now we don't even really regulate them. Well, because they're know. gone. Well, <laughs> Southwestern his, Bell, anyone? Yeah. Yeah. Well, history has a way of repeating itself. I mean, look at, you know, everybody's talking about the internet sales tax. All we've done was go from catalog base to the big box store. Yeah. Order, and now we're going back to the catalog base. It, it, yeah. Technology's just changed. That's all. Isn't, I mean, isn't history Amazon a lot like Sears Roebuck? Oh, absolutely. Back in the 1880s. Except, except for now, instead of having to mail it in and say, hey, I want this. Yeah. I get on my computer and in two days it shows up. Yeah. Some, so now I don't have See, to deal with the people. Amazon is just one giant catalog, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely right. And I mean, I think it takes time for all that to change. Everything takes time to change. And so it's just a matter of how do we adjust to it? How do we adapt to it? Well, and, you know, I think the other side with Amazon is it's actually allowed for a lot of mom and pop and small business owners to actually have a way to, to resell their products yeah. now. They're, they've hit a huge market where they're actually surviving now. So all the all the mom and pops have gone to yeah to the online side of it to survive and you know the the online retailers they're still gonna make their money yeah whether they sell online or or in a brick and mortar they're still gonna make their we're resilient yep I mean I you know and I think right now we are in a period of great change which I think caused a lot of shifts and I think that there are a lot of people who are like still struggling to figure out where their place is. You know, and I feel that way a lot, too, when I look at wind and solar. I'm like, you know, that's going to unsettle a lot of people with their work and what they did. You know, that's what I'm not interested in. But ultimately, I think all that stuff is eventually going to happen. And so it's a matter, matter of how you manage it. Yeah. And then you've got to worry about the fact that you've got to worry about stuff like that, plus a $28 billion budget up here, plus all this criminal uh, criminal justice stuff. And you got a lot on your plate. There's there's quite a bit that goes on, so it's kind of being a jack of all trades, master of none. So yeah, you get a whole. You learn more about the state of Missouri than you ever would thought once you start getting into this position. Yeah, and you really, honestly, the best thing was getting to see all the cool things that we really do in the state. People have no clue. Some of the awesome people we have living here yeah. are doing some great things. I, I mean, one thing I will always maintain is when you look at like what's going on in the state, you're always surprised because I don't think there's enough people talking about some of the good stuff we're doing here. I mean, we're trying to, uh, we try to do it with the stuff we're working on, but it is, we, there are a lot of things to be hopeful about here in the state, I think. Oh yeah. Like I said, one of the ones I like to brag about back in my district, it's a, it's a little shop that has employs about 28, 30 people. It, it's their, their machine shop that does micros of, I mean, tolerances. They're just unbelievable. To the point, though, that they actually supply stuff to the International Space Station. Really? Uh, in wow. Middle of Cedar Hill, Missouri, out in the middle of nowhere, a zip code. Yeah. We have machine shops that are sending stuff out of, out of space. They do uh, business all across the, the, the world. Yeah. And, and you never know that's what's going on up there if you ever drove by it. And it, to me, that's just a, an awesome thing that we have going on that people don't realize sometimes what's in their own backyard. Unsung heroes and Don, of the economy. Don Robinson State Park is a beautiful Don there you go. I think I said Robertson. I was close. Robinson, I think. Yep. Robinson. Very good. And he created Off. Yeah, he's the one that created no uh, the Goo Off stuff for oh, wow. theaters. A very eclectic individual. From Jefferson County? Uh, he, or lived there? He or? lived there. Uh, actually, his, his house was given to them. And uh, it, like I said, it's a very eclectic individual. Mm -hmm. So he. Uh, was his house just as eclectic? Yes. <laughs> um, it's, Lots it's of be, stoves. It, yeah, it's going to be an interesting. Uh, 
changeover for it, but it was he, he acquired he just kept acquiring land when he could back then. Yeah. And uh, okay. It's about eight hundred and sixties uh, acres roughly. It'll be put to good use for oh, the rest of time. Some great, we got some great trails out there. It's a beautiful area. For, great. Uh, it's all in the Warbur Creek area, uh, in the watershed area, along with, like I said, just down the road, we got conservation areas. So a lot of great things going on in our area right. that nobody even realizes. Yeah. Available. Well, Representative, you're, you're, you're a good man representing a good district, and we appreciate your support and your straightforwardness, and we thank you. Anything you want to plug? Before we get off here. No, I'm good. I know this feels like a whirlwind. We've talked about everything. And we haven't even... How long have we been doing this, Elizabeth? Uh, Close to 33 minutes. 33 minutes. Okay. Oh. I said I was going to get you out of here in 35. Well, it looks like I got enough time to go eat lunch. There you go. Well, before you before. before you do that, I do want to put in a plug for our, uh, for our podcast. If you like what you're hearing, share it on social media. Make sure you tag all of us on there. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. And now, Elizabeth, Spotify... We are on Spotify. Leave a good review. If you don't like what you hear, don't leave anything. But that is how we're going to get out there. And so once again, we thank you all for your support. We thank you all for listening to Renew Gurus. And we will see you next time on the radio.